I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 254 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this time around, we have a special episode with my patrons once again. We'll have that also on tonight's Signals from Mars episode, where we wrap things up with regards to the live stream. And we're going to take a few weeks off here until the beginning of 2022. But anyway, this show will focus on the patrons and myself discussing the state of hard rock and metal and what the future entails for the for this genre of music that we love. Um, there's been so much talk over the years about you know whether it being big, whether it not being big. Um, there's, for example, Ryan J. Downey, who I interviewed earlier this year, discussed in his one of his latest newsletters how this is the first year since the SoundScan era started in the 90s that there's no new rock-based album to make the top 200 as one of the top 200 biggest sellers. That includes Iron Maiden and a bunch of other big releases from this year. But he does talk about the fact that things like Metallica's Black album is there, ACDC's Back in Black, Guns N' Roses' Greatest Hits, Appetite for Destruction, stuff like that. So there are rock and metal albums on the list, just not newer albums. So, you know, that kind of sucks, yes. But at the same time, people are still invested in some of the classics. Um, honestly, the way that I look at it, I think as time goes by, I mean, it's going to be difficult to replace a lot of these bands. I don't think that you'll ever replace a Metallica in, a, in the magnitude of what they've done. They're still one of the only stadium bands out there. But, not only do they have the biggest selling album since the emergence of the SoundScan era, but they're probably the most important hard rock and metal band of all time. Talk about Sabbaths, talk about Priest, talk about Maiden all you want. But the album sales, and I know a lot of people will say album sales don't, you know, equal importance. Okay, so if you want to take the Black Album away, or you want to take everything post-Black Album away. Without Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and then Justice for All, you don't get to the Black Album. So there was a surge that was building till, till it crescendoed with the Black Album. So I do think whether you like what the band has done since, whether you want to play revisionist history, because I know a lot of people say, oh, Lars is the shittiest drummer of all time. Okay. In the context of things, look at Kill 'em All. Look at 
Ride the Lightning, look at Master of Puppets, and and Justice for All, where he really kind of went out of his way to prove what he could do. Tell me that he wasn't a great drummer on those albums. I'm not saying that he sucks now. I don't subscribe to that because I think a lot of people uh, just don't look at things in the same way as, as maybe how I perceive them. Lars is also a great songwriter. Without him, you don't get a lot of the awesome songs that he's written over the years. I'm sorry, but look at the list of credits that he has. As much as I love you know, other people's playing, I mean, to me, out of the big four, Charlie Benante is my favorite player. But I have to recognize that Lars has written bigger songs. For whom the bell tolls, creeping death, stuff like that, even before getting into an inner sandman. You know, I get it. We've all heard that song a million and one times and have had enough of it. But you can't take away the importance of the people that wrote it to allow it to become the hits that have come after. So that's that's all I'm trying to get at. But uh yeah, I, I well, I don't want to give too much away. Because we are going to discuss this stuff during the episode. But there are some pretty cool comments. A lot of cool bands are suggested. And speaking of that, again, tonight's episode of Signals from Mars will be our year-end countdown. 2021, we're going to go over the favorites that the patrons have selected. And from that, I am going to put out two different episodes of the Mars Attacks radio show which you can hear on Spotify and Anchor. And what I'm going to do is one episode will be what the patrons have selected overall. And then the other one will be maybe a top 20, top 15, top 25. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, I got to figure out with time and with everything else, how, how I'll be able to pull this off. But the idea is to do a second show where I just play Stuff that I enjoy, okay? Um, this is this is just how, you know, I, I want to go about it. And because my opinion differs from what the patrons have picked, um, what I think will ultimately be the number one is not an album that I enjoy at all. <laughs> but I do want to help promote bands that I do really enjoy. So. There you go. In any event, I do want to send a shout out to my patrons. Um, I want to uh, let's do this in OG order here. Let's go with Twisted Steve Hoker, the Hokenator. We have Mr. Patrons pick Jeremy Weltman up in Manchester. We have our Mike Jones. We have uh, Dr. Poison coming directly to you from Yarg Metal. Brad Dahl, we have the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. We have from the Chris and Amanda Show, Chris Vaglio. We have Jose up in Connecticut. We have Jerry from Long Island, Metal Dan, Rob Rowe from the Rock and Roll Podcast, the Metal Chef, Metal Politician, <laughs> Johan Erdström from up in Sweden. And we have uh, the newest patron. We have the master of the shred, Ed the Shred Ferguson, as uh, 
knighted by Mr. Jeremy Weltman there. So thank you, all of you guys, for your support. I know that not all of you guys will be able to join us tonight because of different family commitments and different things that are going on. Uh, I know that you guys will be there in spirit. I want to thank all of you guys for your support, whether you're patrons or not. I hope that this holiday season is great for all of you guys. And things are, that's <laughs> the old Cheech and Chong movie is called. Things are tough all over, man. I'm feeling it. I'm sure a lot of you guys are feeling it. We're all kind of in this battle together. And man, I, I wish nothing but the best for all of you guys that are listening to this. I hope that you guys enjoy what you hear during this episode. Hopefully it pushes you guys to being patrons. I could use a, a few extra shekels. I, I won't lie to you. But I get it that not everyone can. And regardless, if you can, you know, share, like this, smash the like button, smash the subscribe button, how all the cool kids say it. Um, next Tuesday, we will have the final Trivia Tuesday of the year. It will be all based on Iron Maiden. This past week, we did one based on Motley Crue. Chris Sinzak from the Despo Geek podcast, the mastermind behind the Rock and Pod Expo. Regardless who else wants to take credit for it, I've worked with him on this expo for the last few years. And yeah, I know who puts in all the work, so don't let others fool you. He's, he's the focal piece there. He's fulcrum. He's the fulcrum with the whole piece. There you go. Anyway, again, thank you for listening to this episode. I realize that you could be doing a million other things, but you choose to spend time with me listening to this episode and listening to me talk to my patrons. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And here we go with the episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Friday, uh, December 10th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I, I just heard some uh, Irish crickets there in the background, sort of uh, caught me off guard there. Yes, the opening of a can of some sort. Um, I want to welcome everyone uh, to the show. We have uh, Jerry from Long Island going to the uh, Genesis show in Queens, so we will. He's updating us on traffic as we go. We have our newest patron, Ed Ferguson, joining us. Ed, how are you, sir? Doing great. How are you? I am doing great as well, and it is great awesome. to uh, have you here. Um, you. Let's see here. So let me see how I can configure this so it kind of looks decent. Um, Johan, can you hear us? <laughs> I think I worked out how it 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 goes away in the picture. Okay. It's when you maximize the screen. When, when I've got it on minimum screen at the moment, so I think he's he's maximizing it out, and then you lose the um, you lose it. Yeah. Well, he was showing up twice. Uh, he's gone again. All right. Well, let's see if he logs in. Anyway. So, let's see. There you go. Johan, uh, Jeremy is saying that when you maximize the screen, that that's when it goes black and cuts out. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was the sound. 
Every, you all, all went black. Okay. Well, let's now see. it's good. Awesome. All right. So let's uh, switch this around here. And uh, all right. So today's topic was one that uh, was brought up by Jeremy. And it is talking about the current state of hard rock and metal and talking about the future of this form of music that all of us love. Um, and when I mean talking about the future, I want to talk about bands that we, we like and that we think that could be torchbearers in the future. I'm not saying that they're going to be bigger than Metallica or that they're going to be bigger than Sabbath or anything like that, but bands that we feel are going to be quality enough that 10, 15 years down the road, these are the bands that we're going to be pointing to as being the ones that are leading the charge for, for hard rock and metal. So um, let's, uh, let's kick things off with, uh, with Johan. And um, in your opinion, how do you feel or, about the current state of hard rock and metal? Obviously, you're in Sweden. So for you, it's very different to people that are in the States. Someone like myself who is in Spain, which is not a rock-based music country at all. Um, in Sweden and in Scandinavia, for the most part, hard rock and metal is still alive. It's still thriving, and it never really went away. So for you, what's your opinion of the current state of hard rock and metal? Yeah. Uh, in Sweden, it's like a cycle. Uh, a band dies, another band comes up. Uh, and there's a lot of band touring right now in Sweden, small bands playing clubs, small clubs, bigger clubs. Uh, and when uh, the, 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 the major band, the big bands come to us, they always play the big arenas. Uh, so like you said, it's, it's the same. That is, that is uh, that, that how it's always has been here. Mm -hmm. Almost. Not, it's not the 80s anymore, but it's still right. really, really good here in Sweden. Uh, a lot of bands out on the road now. So uh, the current state is good. We have two major festivals, Sweden Rock, obviously, and Gävle Metal Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have a lot of smaller festivals with uh, more genre, like death metal or black metal or that kind of uh, things. So here, heavy metal and hard rock is still doing well and feeling well. Okay, Jeremy, what about in the UK? Um, it's quite similar. Um, in terms of the festival scene, it's, uh, it's quite good. It's very similar. With, there's a lot of sort of various genres for the festivals. Thank you very much. Um, and they're quite well supported, um, so that's good. Thanks, boss. It's, it's a very mixed Appreciate you. Because um, a lot of the uh, smaller venues are shutting down. Uh, so that's been a big problem. Um, it's hard to get people out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night to go and see rock music because, let's face it, a lot of the rock fans Follow are Yellow aging. Road, they baby. don't want to go out early in the week. They want to go out the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, the ticket prices have, have been rising. Um, we've had the pandemic, which has caused a big problem. So it's a, it's a real mixed picture, I think, um, you know, if you look at it all. And obviously we've got the, you know, the aging rock stars 
Some of the bands we've seen many, many times, so we don't want to see them again. Uh, it's hard to get all the old uh, fans into the into the new music, which is probably what we'll come on to in a minute. Right. Um, so, you know, I feel that there's a bit of a mixed picture, and I think the pandemic's caused a big problem. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the rise in the, the price of, of, of paying for music, you know, in terms of vinyl. Um, a lot of people now obviously want to download music, get it for free. Um, they won't pay for it, and so that's going to have a big impact on the on the bands as well. Yeah, and th- and that's interesting. You brought up the whole thing about the aging musicians. This is something that we talked about during last week's episode uh, with regards to 1981. Out of the top ten, there's three bands, four bands that are currently touring out of ten, and and that. You know, it could even be whittled down to three at, a, at the drop of a hat. Um, you know, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, and maybe you could say ACDC if they decide to do something, but more than, all right, so let's say five. The other half are, are gone, you know. Okay, you're good to go. Enjoy. Actually, Saxon is in here as well, so it's okay. six out of six of ten. The other ones are completely gone. And as time goes by, we're going to see that more and more. We're going to see bands just either fall apart or people are going to die and they're not going to continue. And we're going to need other bands to come along and, and, and fill that void. So I get exactly what you're saying. Um, Ed, what part of the states are you in? I'm in Kentucky. They call okay. it the bluegrass state. <laughs> Kind of yeah, the horse capital of the world. Belmont, big, big horse Belmont, racing industry baby. here. What was that? Belmont. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, I'm right I'm in the middle right of now, Kentucky, dude. about an hour away from Louisville and Cincinnati. Right. Uh, so basically, the, the arena, Victor. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Jerry is. Uh, Jerry's at Belmont. See, uh, as he's at Belmont to go see uh genesis tonight so cool um should be a good show yeah so uh, for in kentucky um i mean i'm assuming when i moved over to europe you know you had clear channel and all these big conglomerates taking over all the local radio stations so a lot of what we were listening to shifted if there was anything rock based it became you know, classic rock, it became the same 50 songs every day. Um, if you're in the New York area, you're lucky enough to have something like a, a WSOU, which is a college station, which still plays, you know, um, all types of hard rock and metal music. Mm, we have one of those here. Okay. So, yeah, so that was my question. For you in Kentucky, what do you consider the current state for this form of music? Where I live, it's better than it ever was. Uh, You know, growing up, the heavy metal scene was just me and my high school buddies here in the middle of Kentucky. Anything that we wanted to see, we would have to go to Louisville or up to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, you can't do that until you're old enough to drive and and get there on your own. Right. So uh, it was hard to see certain things uh of course now we have um an arena that a lot of the big bands would come to 
Although my parents never let me uh, go to those shows. So I missed a lot of good stuff growing up. Right. But uh, over the years, uh, there's a metal scene that has grown here in Lexington where I live. And there's a, there's a whole metal scene. I keep meeting, uh, you know, dudes with long hair and the, the metal dress, you know, at, uh, grocery stores working and I get into conversations about music and find out that they've got, uh, they're in, they're in bands and there's a whole club scene of metal heads here now. So, uh, I think it's grown here and really since, you know, 2004, when some of the thrash metal bands started coming back, mm-hmm. playing the good riffs, and metal started to become cool again, I feel right. like I feel like the metal scene has done nothing but grow, and uh, it's probably in a better state than it's ever been in. Besides, you know, all the goodness we went, we grew up with in the 80s and 90s. Right. Okay. Um, Steve, uh, we've had the, uh, conversation and, uh, a few weeks back when I interviewed, um, return to earth, Chris Penny, the drummer who was also in Dillinger and skate plan and Goheed and Cambria. He talked about going to obsessions to see a bunch of shows, uh, cause he's from Randolph and that's, uh, that's where obsessions used to be. Yeah. And, you know, for, for us, I mean, before discovering SOU, uh, there was WDHA, and you had Metal Mania on Friday nights with a little blip of an appearance from Eddie Trunk for five minutes every Friday, giving you the metal news before he actually became uh, a DJ. Um, how much has that changed in that area? You know, do you feel that there's still a presence uh, with what? You know what the scene is like locally. Obviously, the Starland is is a place that a lot of bands go to play to uh, nowadays instead of going into the city. Sometimes, um, you know, the, uh, again, there's there's the power of SOU, who's always been there for the most part. Uh, what's it like in New Jersey now for for hard rock and metal? Well, right by us, you know how fierce it was for metal for the most part. Anyway, right. aside from obsessions, um, right. mostly the Starland still gets pretty like major names. Right. Um, Atlantic City's doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. The slightly bigger names. Um, far as that, and then the PNC Art Center or whatever it is this week. Right. Um, <laughs> that and the one in Camden, also whatever it is this week. Yeah. Um, they seem to get the majority of the shows right you you generally don't have to leave new jersey to see any any tour that's coming to the u.s Mm -hmm. for the most part i mean once in a while there's something that you would have to go to new york for Mm -hmm. but overall it's still still pretty good okay but there's as far as like small clubs like obsessions there's not really anything or at least that not that i know of yeah, well, I think in the late 80s, a lot of that stuff started, like, whittling away. You had a lot of, like, smaller clubs um, that just started going away little by little because a lot of the bands were playing the more, you know, the the bigger venues. Right. And if, if they couldn't play there on their own, they were, you know, doubling up with other bands and, and playing stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, so so I think you know for for the most part we've we saw the start of that, but you know it's it's cool to hear that you know obviously the the Starland there have been um, I guess Anthrax shot a DVD there as well. There's there's been another band that um, there's been a few bands that have shot there as an alternative to to recording in New York. But then you have Armored Saint who just did their latest live album, did it at the Beacon Theater. So. Um, Rob Rowe, who is uh, listening and couldn't log in, is saying that rock and metal is great here in Missouri, in Missouri. That is good to hear, sir. St. Louis, represent. There you go. Um, Brad, out in Utah. Yeah, first of all, I have to say, uh, how is it that Jerry has better audio when he's wandering around in the streets than he does at home? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm closer to the city where the towers are. Ah, Lo- I got gotcha. Lo- Long Island ain't got no towers like uh, Empire mm. State Building. Yeah. Yeah. The island is long, but the towers are short. Hey, uh, but yeah, and you look great too, Jerry. So, Thank you. So well done. And, and welcome, Ed. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I'm so Jerry, glad to see that Twisted g- Steve is g- alive. Give me about an hour, Brad, and I'll be half in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which half? That's the real question. <laughs> And a quick shout out to everybody in the chat room, uh, Rob and um, I don't know who's yeah, Judith as well. Yeah, Judith, Judith Perkins. Uh, that's that, that's spam. So uh, oh, okay, we don't like spam. Well, I, I do. <laughs> spam and eggs is good. Um, and Jose, right? Jose is there. Yeah. See, I don't have my glasses on. This is bad. Oh, you're trying to keep your image up. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be vain over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's talk about, uh, rock in Utah there. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got a pretty good rock scene here. Uh, we don't get all bands because, uh, you know, there's nothing close to here in the Western United States, everything's spread out and right. Salt Lake isn't always on the way to anywhere. So it's all about the promoters too. Uh, obviously, well, as you know, Victor, I just got tickets for Iron Maiden. They're actually going to come here this, mm-hmm. uh, this next year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but uh, but the, the venues here really kind of suck, too. I mean, there's very few that are I consider like a great place to see a band. Right. Uh, a lot of the, the smaller bands do come through here. There's a really cool um, rock club here that gets a lot of the hard rock bands in. So that's kind of nice. But it's pretty small. I mean, it's no, you're not you're getting more than a couple hundred people tops in there, even when it's packed. So, I, I mean, and there's a lot of local bands that are rock and heavy metal bands, and they're playing out in a lot of original music, but I don't know that it's going anywhere outside of here. Right. Well, that's an interesting point that you brought up, because when tours are routed, if they're going from California, chances are they're probably going through Texas before they're going through Utah, because there's more places to play. And places like Dallas are a stronghold for hard rock and metal. So even you know, more so San Antonio, San Antonio is San the Antonio. heavy metal capital of the U S in my opinion. Yeah. So, so there you go. So it makes more sense for them to, to take the tours down through the Southwest than it is to cut across the Rockies to get to where you are. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't, uh, I don't know true. about that San Antonio comment. 
Okay, Jay, wait, wait. This you, is cool, you, though, Jerry. You, what, what you, 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 might have to, you might have to come out here and get on a Long Island Railroad train for a maiden show and, and then change change your answer. Okay, I'm I'm up for that. Especially there's, like 11, there's like 11 million people here, just to let you know. Okay. And they're all maiden fans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Tell them, Victor. <laughs> Jerry. The, the, the tri-state area. Yeah, well, the tri-state area. I mean, if if you add everyone up from Philadelphia, Jersey, Connecticut, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, yeah, it's fifty-two right. million people in total. It, it'll crush San Antonio. <laughs> and All remember, right. hey, I'll remember, tell you what. I'll come out there and go to a show with you, and then you meet me in Texas for a show in San Antonio. Yeah. New Yorkers yeah. don't go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, so obviously you're saying that Long Island is still a hotbed for, for hard rock and metal. I couldn't get any of the stations from Long Island where I was in, in North Jersey, but um, BAB, BAB, ask you. Okay. Has BAB kept up with a lot of the hard rock and metal? Do they just play classic rock? Do they have a metal show at night? It's just classic. Okay. There's nothing but, new. But, they, just, they just put in a tape. Okay. But for you, based on what you're saying, there's still enough people in Long Island that are just diehards. Absolutely. Got to remember, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, immigrants from South America that are here. So right. imagine all those South American immigrants. They're all Maiden fans, and they're all living on Long Island or in a tri-state area. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize with a lot of the DVDs they've done. Maiden has done, what, two in South America? Um, Halford, Rush, Anthrax, they've all recorded down there because you kind of take for granted living in the States <laughs> or certain parts of, of Europe where you can see shows continuously. So you're like, eh, I'll catch them next time. Right. But for, right. We, we could see one on Long Island, one in New York City, and go to Jersey. And yep. if I want to go to Philadelphia, if right. I want to go to Boston, I could see I could see the same show five times. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> some of these people are are getting to see Maiden maybe once every five or six years. So that's why they're selling you know hundred thousand uh, seat stadiums or or packed to see them. Johan, you could have saw Rush five times. I've seen Rush five times, but in uh, no, on the same tour. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Philadelphia, Jersey, New York City, Long Island, Connecticut, mm. Boston. I know it's unfair. You, 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 you would have lost your mind, Johan. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I was. I will say this. I was. Uh, I've. I've selected uh, albums for the next batch of albums of the week. And there may be a Rush album in there, just as a tribute to Johan. Good, good, good. <laughs> it, it may not be one of the albums you've expected, but it's one of the ones that I have on vinyl. So, um, I know which one it is. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Snakes and Arrows, right? Snakes yeah. and Arrows is actually my favorite Rush album, believe oh, it or not. Oh, it's a great record. Yeah. It's a great record. Yeah. Um, that's that's why I want Maiden to work with Nick Raskalinix because he's one of these producers that 
gets bands, hones bands in. And not to say that Rush was off target, but there's like the last two albums that he produced are so far above what Rush had done in decades because they had the right guy with them to help guide them. And that's what Maiden's missing right now is Kevin Shirley's just a yes man. Okay, you want that song to be... (laughs) 27 minutes long. Sure. Why not? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no, no. Great idea, guys. Great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously he's looking at his bank account. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm getting how many million off of this? 83 minute Maiden song? Sure. He's a a bartender for Iron Maiden. Come on. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Whatever Uh, they want. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk the flip side. Let's, let's start with you, Jerry. What bands are you currently into? Newer bands that oh, you bull, bull, bull for my Valentine kicks ass. Okay. See, he, he, he did a show here a couple of years ago at the Paramount in Huntington. Okay. And you could tell he was just like a, a, a bona fide front man. He had the whole crowd in his hand the whole time. It was almost okay. like watching James Hetfield, you know, when he was younger, he had the whole crowd. And and that's kind of funny because he caught a lot of shit early on saying that Bullet for My Valentine is going to be headlining the download festival in Europe in just a few years. And he said, you know, we're just as big. We'll be just as big as Metallica. And he they ended up having issues with Rob Zombie. Um, they were opening for Rob Zombie. And I forget what happened. They it was either something to do with the band sound or something along those lines where there was an issue and they ended up getting kicked off of the tour. So he was instantly branded as being like a guy who's had, had like a big ego. Right. You're oh, saying he has a big, that's what I'm saying. Like he could literally, he's got that in him to take right. that band to a whole nother level. Right. They yeah, kick I, ass. They kick ass. This last album, much like uh, Jeremy and I were speaking about the last Volbeat album that just came out, that last bullet for my Valentine album, in in my opinion, has finally given me an album that I've been wanting for them from Bullet since their second album. Right. Um, I love I love their first two albums, but then after that, they kind of lost me. But you know, a band can put out a an album that you're not entirely thrilled about, but you see them live and they can still kick your ass. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how long have those guys been around though? Bullets close to 2008, 2007. Really? They're that new? Yeah. No, might okay. be even sooner than that. Okay. I saw them on e- that Rob EP, Zombie tour. You know, <laughs> you what go. was that Steve? I saw them on that Rob Zombie tour. It was them and Lacuna Coil opening. There you go. Again, it's a band that could carry the torch for the next 10, 20 years because they're not so old. Yeah. Mm. It's not necessarily that they're new, like this week new. Right, right. <laughs> so, what did you think about them, Steve, when you saw them? Uh, I thought they were okay. They didn't uh, blow my socks off, but they were fine. But we're also talking about, you know, like an album or two into their career. It's not the same as, you know. So according to Wikipedia, they formed in 98 and their first album came out in 05. That's Uh, close. 
Yeah, the, I was the, close. But the first big album in the states was the second one in '08. So thank you. That, thank so that you. Makes sense. There you go. <laughs> I listened to that album on the way home from St. Louis. That's how I know the year. <laughs> there you go. That true. That's how I know the year. 2008. That's when I came back to Long Island. Yeah. Scream Aim and Fire has a lot of good stuff on it. So I, I agree with you. And like I said, the new self-titled and, tri- album, and Trivium. Yeah. Trivium is just as good. Tri- Trivium is another band that I remember when they first came out, there were people that kind of discarded them and said, yeah, well, you know, they've got an album or two that's okay, but they'll fade. But album after album, they still have three, four, five good songs on each album. Right. So, I would have to agree with you. Keeping uh, the metal alive. There you go. Ed, in your opinion, what newer bands do hmm. you think are the torchbearers for hard rock and metal in 10, 15 years from now? I don't have an easy answer for that. It's hard to say. Most of the new stuff I listen to are the bands we grew up with that are still putting out good albums. Okay. Um, and then some of the newer stuff I hear is more on the extreme metal side. Okay. Um, and of course, some of those bands can last a very long time, mm-hmm. but it's hard to say. Uh, one new band that I like a lot is called Noisium. Noisium. Uh, a bunch of teenagers that learned about uh, old extreme metal from the 80s from their uncle's record collection and put together a band and they've now got about three records out but i don't think they're the kind of band that are making a a lot of money so who knows how long they'll be around um yeah as far as the hard rock and basic you know heavy metal scene um they're like a lot of the bands you all mentioned i don't really get into that much okay it's either kind of uh you know, death metal bands or a good thrash metal band. Um, some of the bands that I listen to, you know, they're they're newer from 2000 on. Uh, Havoc is, you know, a good thrash metal band that I've been listening to since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's listening to the great albums that some of these old bands are still putting out. They're still showing the young kids how it's done, you know. So I'm, I'm seeing that I'm going to have to send you a bunch of... Uh thrash bands from like the last 10 to 15 years if you're into havoc there's there's plenty hey. of that i can send your way so. yeah I'll, I'll have that conversation with you all week long anytime buddy <laughs> that's my thing there you go awesome um steve for you what what bands do you feel they're not exactly new but uh, i would say black label society okay i don't know if they they probably don't qualify as a new band <laughs> um, do you like the new album? I do. I think it's really good. I haven't heard anything um, on it yet to catch my ear. Not bad, but I just uh, no, I'm just not hearing anything that might that makes me want to play it twice. Okay. Well, maybe maybe the next time you listen, you'll grab something. But that's cool. Oh, that Mafia record's my favorite. I think 1919 Eternal is my favorite. Cool. Yeah, that, that that's where I jumped on with them. I think 1919 Eternal is where I think Zach started getting the formula right. Mm. So, but uh, the the thing I like 
that album I think was like the last one that he uh I mean I love Black Label Society but he was after that he kind of went into like the goat voice <laughs> and uh but now like on the the new album I think he's he's back to the 19 19 eternal like oh, I can actually like sing right kind of stuff which he he absolutely can sing fine but he does like to go into that goat registry <laughs> as I like to call it. And it seemed like he was kind of going heavy on that for a while with some songs. Right. So I was happy to hear him chill out on that a little bit, but you know, Zach's still yeah. my guy. So about, about a month ago, I was on a, a BLS trip and I'm picking my kids up from school. And my nine-year-old says, is this Ozzy? I go close. <laughs> I go, he, he wants to sound an awful lot like Ozzy. I go, but he's Ozzy's guitarist. I go, I'm proud of you at nine years old actually deciphering that it's close to Ozzy's voice. So I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Raising them right, Victor. There you go. Um, Brad, for you, what, what bands are you playing on Yarg Metal that you feel will be torchbearers of hard rock and metal in the decade to come? You know, oh, yeah, I'm playing it well. As you know, I'm playing a lot of new music. Uh, as far as torchbearers go, I, that's a difficult question because I don't. I mean, the marketplace doesn't really encourage new artists. I mean, it doesn't really support new artists. It's very difficult for these bands to get out there. I mean, I I do have to say I'm hoping to go see a, a concert here in the next month or so. Um, Dirty Honey and uh, Mammoth. Uh, wvh mm -hmm. gotta get that right they're they're touring together here so i mean those are bands that really have one album each i mean dirty honey's got a ep as well and they're young ish i mean they're they're new bands mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting to see if they have kind of what it takes to to go the distance and if they can get enough steam behind them to to get out there and and make it happen jerry's shaking his head jerry doesn't Dude. think so Dude, Mammoth is so vanilla, it's not funny. <laughs> There's no, it's so vanilla. Yeah, it's I have just, to see him live. I have to see again, him live. Again, I'm not saying it's bad. Things. I'm just saying it's vanilla. It's just, yeah. it's nothing that, that I need to hear. All right. But yeah, but like I said, I got to see him live. And, and that's what I'm, I mean, it's one thing to make a good album, but it's another thing to be a great act live. And I think that's what it's going to take for a band to, you know, headline and to actually fill a place yeah I, again I, I i expected more from from uh the little van hale i didn't need him to sound exactly like eddie but i i, I, I thought he'd, i thought he'd get loud and heavy drums double bass like and it's just just fm radio rock yeah, yeah okay well, I'll, I'll let you know after i see i mean you. i mean for a kid who's really yeah. into tool it it doesn't even sound like i mean again it's not loud it's something you'd hear a soccer mom playing in a van <laughs> yeah I, I i think he probably got caught up in the entrapments of uh you know he was playing with mark tremonti for for a bit there and it's kind of in line with what tremonti and alter bridge and and all this stuff is is kind of all about um it's very friendly and safe yeah, I, I'm hoping, I mean, my fingers crossed. I mean, I, I, I've listened to that album a few times. 
I, I don't think the album is bad, but I think it's a safe album, as you're saying. Thank you, Victor. Yeah. And and it I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that maybe after he gets out on the road and he plays and stuff, that maybe the second album that he works on. I would love to see him kick ass. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So. um, All right. So, Brad, with the uh, Dirty Honey and. and yeah, Mam- we'll, we'll see. And and I'd love it if more soccer moms had yard metal playing in their cars. That would that would be awesome. So crank it All up, right. girl. All right, I gotta leave. All right, Jerry, have I'm a blast, man. have a great time. Well, that was quick. There we go. <laughs> um, Johan, for for you, um, I know that um, one of the first shows that you appeared with us, you were talking about a Swedish band. Uh, called uh, Heimdall, maybe? Horndal. Horndal, okay. Uh, but... <laughs> Not to be confused with Hornball. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was thinking of the character from the Thor movie. Um, Heimdall, or whatever his name is. Anyway. Um, for you, what band do you feel is the, uh, c- could be the, the kind of torchbearer for hard rock and metal in in 10 years you're saying that in sweden it's always kind of fluid it's always bands coming in bands coming out are there any bands now that are smaller that you think that in 10 years they're going to be at the top of the chain and being talked about like arch enemy or like you know at the gates or, or bands like that that was not the question that i have prepared Okay. <laughs> like a true politician. Okay. <laughs> I, I no, I I prepare myself a little bit for this okay. uh, event tonight, and I think those bands I'm going to list now are the bands that I feel or think will um, uh, fill the globe arena in Stockholm or uh, Scandinavia in Gothenburg okay. when the big ones are gone. Okay, uh, and the bands that I have listed uh, tonight is Arch Enemy, uh, Rammstein, of course. They, they they fill more than the globe. They fill the biggest stadiums we have. Uh, Slipknot will go to the next level here. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch, huge band here. Volbeat, of course, and Ghost, of okay. course. Uh, those yeah. are the the next ones. Uh, the, the next headliners, if you if you will, uh, after the after when Maiden and ACDC is gone, and Monomarth, uh, perhaps. Uh, and uh, I like to say uh, another band called Mirath. They're from uh, Tunisia. Yeah, I, uh, I saw them at Sweden Rock 2019, <laughs> and they were a huge crowd, and everyone. Know about it, knows about them. I didn't, but mm-hmm. they were really, really good live. Okay, so, uh, so that uh, you know, you know, thanks to Victor, I know about Mirath, and I'm playing uh, them on Yarg Metal. So thank you, Victor. Yeah, well, I'll I'll give you their Sweden rock story. Um, they played at the uh, the stage that's in the tent, which is the smallest stage. And I think it was because I think their last album, Shahili, came out in 2019. So this was 2018 or 17 that they played Sweden Rock for the first time. One of the one of the bands that was supposed to close the night 
one of the members got sick or they didn't get to Sweden Rock. They couldn't get there. So one of the organizers saw them playing the tent and said, do you want to play at midnight on the big stage? And they said, yeah, of course. So they played twice in one day. They were one of the first bands to play and then played at night. And they said that as they started playing, like they saw a lot of the same faces that they saw in the morning, but little by little as they were playing, more and more people were coming to the stage to watch them. And at the end of the interview, I interviewed the singer. He said, well, thanks to that performance, we're being asked back this next year to play it at Sweden Rock. So I thought it was an awesome story to, to hear that because, of course, my introduction to them was seeing one of their videos and they're from Tunisia, so they have an old Roman amphitheater that seats about, I think they told me, eight to 10,000 people. So the first video I ever saw with them was, you know, this old state, this old amphitheater filled with people to the top. Uh, the intro was like fire eaters and just women belly dancing with fire. And they had, that, they had them on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the song just starts up and it was, it was so cool. It captivated me right away to the point where I said, I have to interview somebody from this band because it was such an allure to, first of all, a band from, from Tunisia, which, you know, was something kind of unheard of for the most part. And, um, and just seeing that they were playing, you know, almost like dream theater type, metal that was mixed in with a lot of Arabian things that, you know, a lot of things that made me listen to Led Zeppelin when I was a kid, a lot of that Arabic sounding music pulled me in with them. So I was like, all right, so they're mixing a bunch of things that I absolutely love here and I need to speak to them. So it was, that that's one of my most memorable interviews that I've ever done. People ask me, they say, well, who's your biggest interview? And I said, well, I enjoy the conversations more so with people as opposed to being able to say, Oh, I interviewed so-and-so. So that conversation was great hearing about them playing there, what it was like for them as kids to have to sneak music into the country and how they would have to buy copies of albums. Like it was a, like for us tape trading for them was they went to the store and they said, Oh, I want to listen to ACDC. So they made a copy of the ACDC album and they sold it to them. So they sold them copies and that was the only way they could get uh, anything that was remotely heavy metal because it was illegal in Tunisia at that point. So I, I thought it was cool. So it's awesome that you're bringing them up, Johan. Yeah, and it was 2019 and the band they replaced were Behemoth. Was Behemoth, there you go. Okay, so awesome. Uh, Jeremy, we are circling back to the uh, UK here. Yeah. Um, what what band do you feel is uh, is one of these bands that could be uh, torchbearers in the future? Is that only one, or can I mention a few? <laughs> you can you can mention a few because I mean I yeah. was trying to whittle it down, and I have a list of eight. So. <laughs> yeah, I had a list of about 13, but I've, I've whittled that down as we were talking, mainly because we've already mentioned a few, Bullet for My Valentine, I had Volbeat, I had Five Finger Death Punch, uh, obviously I had Ghost as well. Um, a few others that haven't been mentioned, Avenged Sevenfold, 
Disturbed, Biffy Clyro, Bring Me the Horizon, Gajira. They're all headlining festivals now here in the UK. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about bands that actually all I love myself, but they're all right. bands that I know are coming through and that they've got a big following. Uh, the Struts are really getting big as well here in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pretty Reckless are a really good band. Uh, they are one of my favourites. I'm not sure whether they'll make it to be a you know, massive headliner, but they're, they're really good. But I went to Leeds Festival uh, about four or five years ago, and um, apart from Ghost, there was another band on, which blew my mind. I went to see Metallica, and I ended up watching this band uh, and thinking they're going to headline soon, and they were Royal Blood. Uh, and as we know, we've listened to the, the latest album. They've turned a little bit disco-y, disco metal, I would call it. Um, but they're, they're fantastic. Um, live, they were probably in the top three bands that I'd ever seen live. And so, you know, it was obvious that they were going to come up and, and be big. And, and they're playing uh, headline shows in Manchester uh, next year. I looked to try and get a ticket. Most of the shows sold out. It's only... 32 pounds for a ticket so it's quite cheap um but it's pretty full uh and i think there's a lot of you know they're making headway they're getting um, a lot of uh, bandwidth there uh they're being played on uh, national radio a lot uh and i think that they are going to be you know uh, one of the headliners whether you class them as heavy metal whether you class them as hard rock you know you, they don't really fit into you know the, any category but they're, they're certainly a band that are, are suggest they're going to be one of the you know one of the the, the, the bands are going to take it forward really wait a second I, I i missed who are you talking about jeremy uh royal blood oh royal blood okay yeah yeah all right thank you <laughs> yeah that, that uh that leads performance also um i will say that i got that performance through a nefarious means uh right after it was broadcast and it was one of these things where you know i was like all right well let me see what what bands are playing because leeds and reading what a lot of people nowadays don't know used to have a metal day so you used to have maiden and saxon and priest and all these bands play one day and then you had yeah. the regular rock bands play the other day and since they were organized by the same people they would they would uh swap days so if the metal day was on Friday at one festival, it was at the other festival on a Saturday. Um, and now they've just kind of mixed things in. And yeah, I mean, they were promoted as originally, it was funny. They were promoted as like an alternative rock band. And when I finally got to hear them, I'm like, uh, they're closer to a, a hard rock metal band than they are to an alternative band at that point because the drum sounded exactly like John Bonham on the first album. I mean, they had like a Zeppelin-y vibe. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the bass, because there are no guitars, sounded closer to Sabbath in a lot of songs than they did, you know, anything that they were being compared to, uh, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And obviously this last album, because Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age produced it, it's a lot more, you know, rock or, or pop rock-ish than than anything else or that that they've previously done but also all three of their albums are different so there's i think something on each album for you to listen to that actually uh um that's there to kind of draw your attention uh they're on my list <laughs> as well 
and it's funny because I think that they're they they've changed how younger bands are coming up. Like there's always like one band that's like a focal point that will get crapped on because they become like the biggest band of a movement because they were one of the first bands to do it. Um, I think you have Royal Blood. I listed another band called Dead Poet Society, which if you listen to them, it's four guys instead of two, but they sound a lot like Royal Blood as well. There's another band that we talked about out of uh, the UK called the Dust Coda, which is uh, which the same thing. I don't have them on my list, but they sound like they're in the vein of Royal Blood as well. I had Gojira. Um, I have Tetrarch, which is a band that that I interviewed as well. But to me, I don't. Uh, I'll have to see how they move forward because I don't know if that's going to be just a band that will be known as um, as just a new metal revival, and maybe they'll just be nostalgic, or it'll be somebody who can evolve and continue to stay there. They've definitely got the musical chops, but we'll see, you know, where they take things. Um, the warning, a, a band of three sisters out of Mexico, which are just ridiculous. When I heard the song choke, um, it came up automatically on, on YouTube after watching something else. I was, I wasn't paying attention. I heard the song like, what the hell is this? So it got my attention to hear the, to watch the video again. And that's when I started to, um, to kind of dig deeper into them and they just released an EP. They were just on the Metallica tribute. Uh, they did um, a rendition of enter Sandman where they completely changed the song itself, which, which is interesting because they were first discovered as being 13 year olds covering enter Sandman on the street. So three <laughs> girls that were, uh, you know, um, 15, 14 and 13 years old covering enter Sandman. Um, got people's attention. And then years later, they like reworked the song to make it their own. And it actually sounds pretty cool. It's one of the only covers off of that Metallica tribute album that just came out that I think is worth listening to. Um, other bands. My I've, favorite too. Is it? Yeah. Off of that album or off the, of all the enter Sandman covers. That one was really yeah. good. Yeah, because they, I mean, there are some bands that either it's just so far out of left field, like they did a, you know, a reggaeton version of it, which just turns me off, or, right, or, or they just do an exact cover of the song. Ghosted, mm -hmm. for the most part, an exact cover, but it's, you know, it's Tobias singing. So that's the only thing that really yeah. varies. And it's, I was looking forward to the ghost one, and I was like, it's okay. It's okay, but it doesn't stand out. Mm -hmm. This other one, yeah. Where you hear it, unless yeah. you know Enter Sandman and know the the chord structures and know the actual lyrics, mm -hmm. you don't realize it's the same song. And it's still, yeah. uh, I mean, Enter Sandman is not my favorite song by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, I think that they put an interesting twist on it. Mm -hmm. the, the last three bands that I have listed here are three bands that I've featured on Patreon in one way or another. One is Spirits Adrift which used to just be a two-piece, and they're now a five-piece band. Um, they're doing, uh, like, new wave of British heavy metal revival type uh, heavy metal. I mean, I don't know how, to, how else to classify them, uh, but they're doing it in a way that it sounds modern. 
which I think sounds really cool. Haunt is another band that I would put in that same category. They're a band that has gone totally DIY with a lot of things too. They had a a deal with, um, I forget what label it was, and they just renounced everything and just started to sell everything through Bandcamp because they figure that, you know, they'll make more money off of it and prefer to just do it all themselves. And the last band that I want to mention is um is Spirit Box who um who Rob Rowe mentioned in the chat. Now Spirit Box surprised me because the singer and the guitarist used to be a part of a band uh called uh, I Wrestled the Bear once. And that band is more of a <clears throat> like deathcore band or metalcore band with guttural vocals and just a mixed mosh of a lot of different things. And Spirit Box has elements of that, but Courtney LaPlante, who's the lead singer, does a lot of clean vocals, does a lot of melodic stuff. There's a lot of extreme stuff on there as well. So there's like a balance of everything. So it's almost like if you listen to that, you you have like a good menu of things to choose from. Or I think if you listen to the entire album, it's a good musical journey, like an old school, like 70s or 80s album, but through a, a modern approach where no two songs sound alike. So um, Rob Rowe in the chat mentioned Ginger, which is a band that I really like as well. They haven't gone over well, I know, on Patreon with you guys. Infected Rain is another band that's like that as well. They're very similar to Ginger, but they're from Moldavia as opposed to Ginger, who's from ukraine and uh infected rain has already put out like five or six albums the only thing is they've started to get attention these last two albums because they've been on napalm for the last two um i i do think that napalm has has done um a good bit to promote all things metal uh they they remind me a lot of what Nuclear Blast was back in the day. What Century Media was back in the day. They're signing all of these bands that are different types of uh, hard rock and metal bands. And the roster, they're filling out a lot of cool stuff. And and I hope that they continue to do that and help give a platform to um, to a lot of these bands. Oh, and another band that I wanted to mention is the Ugly Kings, who we, who we had uh, Nicholas, the bass player, on here. Um a few months back, similar deal. They're maybe closer to, uh, you know, a a mixture of uh, heavy blues and and hard rock. And I I made the Danzig reference, which they didn't care for, didn't see it. But I said, yeah, you know, your music sounds a lot like the first two Danzig albums mixed with other stuff that's come out along the way, like some Queens of the Stone Age stuff. So I personally think that, you know, hard rock and metal is safe at the moment. And I do think that the future still looks bright again. I don't think that any band is ever going to topple Metallica or Iron Maiden or Black Sabbath. Uh, they definitely will not have the emotional connection that they all have with us. But I don't, I, I as I always say, just because, you know, you like hamburgers doesn't mean you can't enjoy pizza as well. So uh, something can continue to be your favorite of all time but doesn't mean that you can't enjoy something else that's on the menu as well. So um, let's, let's go once around the horn one more time before 
wrapping things up here. Ed, in your opinion, uh, are are things in the hard rock and metal world safe now? And do you think they will be in the future? Oh, yeah. Heavy metal is always safe. Regardless of the interest from the mainstream world, the heavy metal world is always there. It's always thriving. It'll never die. Um, it's a piece of art that can be done a million different ways as we see these days. Um, you know, the biggest challenge we have these days is just the gluttony of stuff yeah. to sort through, but that makes the treasure hunt uh, uh, continue to be challenging and fun. You know, yeah. looking for the biggest problem I have with the state of metal is so much of the new stuff I hear sounds like it was all recorded in the same studio using the same instruments. You know, it, it all sounds alike. And the records that I end up investing in are the ones that have a unique sound. And yeah. my advice to any band, if they want to hear it from a metal fan, is find a way to come up with a different sound mm -hmm. than what everybody's dialing in these days. And you'll stand out from the pack. Yep. I agree. One of the biggest things when I moved to Spain, hearing a lot of bands, local bands that were sending me stuff, it just sounded like they had the the same plugins mm -hmm. uh, in the studio to make them either sound. There were there were three bands they were trying to sound like. One was Caius, one was Sepultura, and one was Machine Head. And mm -hmm. it didn't vary from there. They all sounded like that. It, it was it was ridiculous. So uh, I agree with you, Ed. Uh, and that's why, you know, I know that some of the stuff that I picked was all over the place and maybe under the radar for a lot of people, but I like searching that stuff out. And with you being on Patreon now, you know, I realize that it is a lot of video content, but hopefully uh, some of the stuff that I do post uh, will catch your eye and catch your ears more importantly. And uh, we do have a, a playlist that we have to figure out what we're going to do with this playlist, folks. Are we going to just continue to have one giant playlist? Or are we going to separate the playlist by years? Um, so that'll be something we'll be voting on Patreon shortly. But um, just so you understand the process from the videos that I have been posting, people involved in this group, I'm not choosing um, whatever, whatever the patrons uh, choose are what goes in, into this playlist. So if there's anything that catches your ear and you want to have included, we, we can definitely uh, include it there. So uh, Brad, uh, moving on over to you. Um, in your opinion, there you go. Jerry is at his seat with a frosty beverage looks like. Yeah, he's a he's a, a third in the bag. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say uh, I, I'm I not say even close. Okay, All right. <laughs> you Brad, look great Brad, though. Give, the blue, give me an the, hour. Blue is, the blue is flattering. So give me an hour. It. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to say I think Ed's totally on point. Um, uh, you know, as far as the problem of having so many bands. Uh, that can put music out there now and that it's hard to differentiate a lot of them. And I, he, he is so right, man. You gotta, it, it, you know, find something that's you, man, and be you. Uh, as somebody who's been in a lot of bands, I know how difficult it is to keep a band together. And I think that's going to be uh, the biggest struggle for uh, bands getting huge is keeping the band together. 
uh yeah what do you say airborne yeah airborne i I've, i recently got into airborne and i'm playing a hell of a lot of airborne on yard metal now and uh they're uh i mean you know they're australian through and through i mean they, they they're not going to hide their sound at all arch enemy somebody already talked about arch enemy in fact i've been i've been taking notes of music i need to get into here and uh, they're at the top of my list i think it was jeremy that mentioned them so um you know thanks to victor i i've got so many new bands that i've been listening to and that i like and it's the problem is there's so many of them it's hard to fall in love with one of them um just because there, there's so you know so many bands i mean it's hard to p- pick one out i know that the one album that came out recently that i and i'm sure somehow it had to come through victor was a band called hell smoke which from sweden there's so many good bands coming out of sweden i don't know that they'll get anywhere though because it's difficult to get them over here to the u.s and uh, i you know it's a that's a struggle for bands to get over here uh, but that band, every time I listen to something off their album, it's like every single song is incredibly good and they sound good. And, and they're probably old dudes. I have no idea. I don't know anything about these guys. Um, and they've probably all been in 20 other bands too. And there's a lot of that going on in Sweden too, the mix and match and guys doing different projects with different people. So that's going to make it more difficult for them to any of these bands to be huge. Uh, so, but it'll go on forever. Rock, rock will live forever. And, uh, but I don't know that we're going to see any of these bands headlining arenas like what Jerry's sitting in right now. Uh, we can hope. I think Avenged Sevenfold, somebody, yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, was that you that mentioned them, Jeremy? Yeah. 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 I know, uh, my brother is friends with the singer and, um, and I'm playing some of their music because of that. Uh, I figured they didn't need our help, but you know, anyway, got the, got the shout out. Uh, he seems like a decent dude, but they're, they're huge. They, they play, I mean, the biggest place you can play whenever they come to here and they pack it. So, and good for them. And, uh, I, but I don't know again, what their future is. I, I mean, when was the last time they put out an album? It's been a while. And you know, they're, they're kind of going in different directions. They're, they, they've got a lot of money in their pockets. And I don't know that the hunger is there to keep cranking out music. So that's, that's part of the problem too. It's uh, you gotta be hungry, man. You think about all the bands that we really grew up on and we love, I mean, those bands were working it hard and I mean, they, they came up through the ranks and uh, they, they stuck with it and they're putting out albums just con- consistently. And they have so many albums. Now, if a band puts out an album every three, four years, that's right. kind of, you know, other than Haunt, who Great. you mentioned. Yeah. I, my my I only problem with Haunt, I don't Go ahead. I agree. I, think, I don't think there's a new band that's going to match the, uh, the grit and the determination that Maiden and Metallica had. I don't think there's a band that can withstand that. And, and, yeah, that's, on Red, and that's, that's on Red Bull, too. <laughs> it's <laughs> tough you, because they don't have the money imagine- behind them anymore. True, true. Could you imagine Metallica had Red Bull back in the eighties? <laughs> Forget about they, it. They, they, they would have, they, they would have died a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, but true. Uh, look uh, what the two of you guys are saying. Um, 
Kyle from uh, the sword told me he couldn't, they couldn't keep up with Metallica. They had to, you know, they had open door to open up for them during the entire death magnetic tour. They could have toured the world with them. And after doing, I think it was two or three legs of the tour. They said they couldn't handle it anymore. It was show show airplane hotel, show airplane hotel. And they just couldn't do it. It just, what a bunch of pussies. And they said, <laughs> they said they they said you know they were used to just traveling in vans and just taking it easy and you know whatnot and they realized they said yeah the reason that metallica is that big is because you know they've grinded it out all these years and done show after show after show so i, I um, mean that's right right victor let the let the guys in the chat know it, it these young kids can't do shit in except play fucking video games <laughs> all right well uh yeah i was gonna go on an old man rant but i think jerry's taking it over and well done jerry <laughs> uh, you're right you're right man kids kids just don't they and they're not they're not as tough i mean the uh, the world is too uh easy for them and uh yeah so you gotta get out there you gotta get out there and rocking yeah you gotta you gotta bleed on stage man there you go <laughs> give blood johan, play hockey <laughs> johan you've obviously always told us that things are 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 strong up there in sweden in finland in norway and all of these countries so yeah. you you don't see hard rock and metal going away anytime soon obviously no. uh, the the future looks bright and and i'm sure your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids will probably be able to say the same thing. Probably. I have another take on this. Uh, I think uh, when Maiden and uh, the other bands grew up, they did. Do you, do you say revolt against yeah. society? Revolt? Yes, revolt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and bands from oh, like Arabic countries, Indonesia, China, and India. Mm -hmm. That's another scene. There's a mm -hmm. lot of metal there, and they do, you know, angry young kids who work hard against government or society. So I see those places in the world, perhaps for, uh, like a big future for hard rock and metal. Uh, and I think this is a little bit political, but it needs to be more women in the metal community and bands. That's a big thing here in Sweden. You know, Sweden Rock uh, Festival get a lot of critis criticism because it's 99% of the bands are males. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a big thing here. So there's, there's a lot of women in rock right now. And I mean, guys, just look at all the stuff Victor's posting. There's a lot of women uh, fronted bands, and I'm playing quite a few of them. Uh, yeah. Again, again, but they, the, they the, don't get booked. At festivals. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the problem. I agree. So and by the, by the way, there's enough here in the U.S. to be pissed off about uh, for people to get angry and write some good angry music, but uh, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, it's it's. You're starting to cut out now, Jerry. You're you're down to uh, you're, you're down to like one bar on our end. He's back on the island. Yeah. Um, 
There, there's a band that uh, that's that uh, he cut out. There's a band that's starting to get uh, press in the U.S. called Plush, which is for for women, um, which are really good. Um, I, just, I just bought their album. I haven't heard it yet, but I bought it. It's in my stack of stuff to listen to, so I, I'm excited. I, 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 yeah, they seem like, you know, young, rocking, let's go out and kick some ass kind of stuff. So. Yeah, this the singer. If I if I know the story correctly, I guess she was on The Voice or something like that. She did that to try to get exposure, and um, and then now this band that they put together, all four of them can can play. They they did a, a cover of a, of an Alter Bridge song, which to me sounds better than the original, because I'm not a fan of Miles Kennedy. But the the guitarist that they have is playing the the solo better than Mark Tremonti is. Um, so that's Johan. That's a band you should check out. Plush. And, yeah, Plush. P L U S H. And they're they're American, right? Yeah, yeah. They're from uh, the singer. She's from upstate New York. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, that's on my uh, to listen uh, list. I've been listening to Rob's music all day long, uh, which is interesting. Um, so, just a shout out for Rob and his music. There you go, Steve. Uh, in your opinion, hard rock and metal still safe now? Still safe in the future? Still safe now for sure, and in the future, hopefully. Okay. I mean, I, I keep seeing some younger bands. So I'm hoping I, but uh, I think it was Ed that mentioned that it was just hard to for bands to get traction, mm-hmm. you know, which sucks because there are a lot of good bands out there, but they might not go anywhere. Like I think Fury is amazing, but I don't know if they're ever going to get the, the traction to do much. Right. Yeah. It's believe me, I get maybe 30, 30 promos a day. And it's, it's hard to cut through all that stuff. You know, it's, it's difficult to weed all the stuff that's out there out. The, the internet is so great for certain things, but for other things, it, it also makes it um, really difficult to, to cut through a lot of the noise. So mm-hmm. I, hey, I, I bought new fury albums, uh, Steve. So I'm, I've been, li- and I like what I've heard so far. So, Thank you for that. You're welcome. Cool. That's ho- hopefully in the new year, I'll be reaching out to them, see if I can get them on the show. So, cool. Yeah, let me know what songs you want me to play. You can just text me or whatever, Steve. Okay. There you it's go. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, it was your concept uh, originally, so yeah. <laughs> I, I want you to, uh, to take us home with this. Hard rock and metal safe today, and is it safe in the future? Well, from listening to everybody else, it sounds it's in very healthy state. Um, I, I'd say it is in a good state, um, but it's changing all the time. And I'm a bit worried about things like pricing, um, you know, pricing of vinyl, pricing of concerts, pricing of merch. I hear a lot of complaints about that from fellow rock fans who are put off by it. So I think if you price it right, people will go, people will participate in rock music. But from a supply sort of side, you know, people are always going to make music. 
Uh, it's a right. creativity thing. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to make money from making music. People will always create it. But, you know, in terms of getting people to shows, getting getting rock music, uh, you know, keeping it going as a, as a, as a you know, a pastime, as an as a entertainment, um, it really needs, you, they need to think about the pricing because, you know, I've got tickets for Aerosmith and they're absolutely extortionate. Uh, and my wife wants to go and see Rod Stewart, which is not quite rock music now, but, uh, you know, you can imagine how much that's going to cost. Um, it's just becoming ridiculous. Um, so that's a bit of a problem. And I, I think there's, there are some bands out there, you know, that are not making money from touring. Uh, you know, we, you spoke to um, the guy at a Manimal about that recently on, on one of your shows. Um, but generally speaking, you know, there's a lot of new music out there and, and it's great, you know, from all the, you know, you can listen to a hundred albums and there'll be one or two that you're going to, they're going to blow your mind. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. And, you know, you don't have to listen to Michael Schenker group. You don't have to listen to Motorhead or Iron Maiden for the rest of your life. You, you can listen to that stuff, which is great. You know, we want to listen to that, but we want to listen to new music as well. And, and there's a huge amount out there. And, um, you know, you know that because you're, you're posting it up every week um, mm -hmm. and it's great. Yeah. To, to your point, mentioning the uh, Samuel Nyman interview from Manimal, he said, as long as they broke even, they would tour. Yeah. That, you know, the extra pay came from the rush that the crowd gave him. Um, and See, that's, that's the kind of attitude that a band, if they have that, that's going to help them make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that album, to me, the, second I, the first time I heard it, I got it, what, two months ago? And instantly hearing it, I said, this is going to be in my top 10 this year because it's good front to back. And he was saying, you know, that the biggest knock was that they weren't original. There's nothing original that's coming out anymore. So as long as it sounds good, got kick-ass songs that are memorable, that entertain you, fuck being original. <laughs> you know, as long as it sounds good. And uh, to what Ed mentioned before, a lot of what, he was talking about reminded me of the nineties. A lot of people talk about what a dark period the nineties was for hard rock and metal. But if you search things out, if you listen to Testament's albums, if you look mm -hmm. at those albums, they put out in that decade are phenomenal albums. They got heavier instead of getting more commercial. And mm -hmm. yeah, those guys all were working second jobs at the same time. So, and, and a lot of the bands that, uh, that started coming back, we're, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're working on the side shit. The, the armored saint guys that, you know, we're, are still working, uh, you know, side gigs to make sure that they can do their regular stuff. So, um, so yeah. Um, but anyway, overkill has a second job. Who, who does? I think everybody in overkill has a second job. Well, that's, that's why, that's why Ron Lipnicki left the band actually it was because he was working at 84 lumber over there. Uh, what is that? Denville or, or uh, off of 80. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, and he was making, he was bringing home more money from driving a truck from them than touring with overkill. And his, yeah. his wife basically said, why are you killing yourself touring the world and dealing with all these band politics when you get, you know, you're 10 minutes from home and making more money. Yeah. So, I can't blame the guy. Yeah. So. No, you you got to have the hunger, man. 
you got to be willing to, like I said, bleed, man. You got to, yeah, that's, that's why I'm living where I'm living now as I got out of it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. When I, when I want a new base, guess what? I go out and buy it. <laughs> uh, well, you, we'll, we'll comment on, on the base in a second because yeah, I, yeah, you need to tell us about the base that you had on fireside. I'll, uh, in a second uh, on the uh, after show, I'll let you know. Okay, uh, sure. Anyway, I do want to thank everyone that joined this live. We had Rob in the chat. We had Jose in the chat. We had some spammer in the chat as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. my, and, I'm keeping uh, my drink blue for Jerry. There you go. Um, so I, I want to thank all of you guys for joining me tonight. Um, if you're watching this live or if you're watching the replay and enjoy what you guys are listening to or what you guys got to witness and want to be a part of this for as little as two bucks a month, join the Patreon and you can be part of the monthly discussions here on, on signals from Mars. Next week, we will be talking about the, um, our favorite albums of 2021. So we'll be doing similar to the uh, 1981 show where we'll, um, we'll ask every one of these fine gentlemen to uh, submit a list. And based on that, each album will be assigned points and we'll determine what the number one album was for the year uh, for all the patrons. So on that note, thanks everyone for watching. Again, I appreciate it immensely that you guys decide to spend your Fridays or whenever you're watching or listening to this with me and all of my great patrons. Um, I appreciate all of the patron support and any one of you watching that like or share this. So please subscribe. Please tell everyone about this. And on that note, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. See ya. Rock out, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 